Hello, folks. Uticast, episode four. Welcome back. Thank you for coming. Uh, it's it's good to be back, even though... You know, it's not. I'm very salty today, Kevin. I woke up on the wrong side of a you, bad attitude. You sure did. Yeah. Very salty today. I'm pretty salty myself today, so we'll no, see how it goes. It's going to be trouble. It's just hot takes trouble. and trash talk uh, all podcast long. Get ready. This is the angriest podcast you'll hear all week. Well... For now, it is. Depends what you listen Early in the week, I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks for coming, guys. We're here to tell you a story. Episode four, A New Hope. <laughs> Hi, Aaron Higgins. Hi, everybody. Uh, you don't seem as salty as we are this morning. Um, I just got back from a lovely weekend vacation. And I went to a, a tiny tropical island called St. Luke's. Mm-hmm. It's a Caribbean, Caribbean dream. Uh, the, uh, you know, the food at St. Luke's is surprisingly uh, good for a vacation home. So nice. Lots Stop of jello. Doing good work out there. Lots of jello. God's work. Uh, hey guys, I'm, uh, I guess, so we're iTunes people now. I think we mentioned this. We are iTunes We're now Yay. on iTunes. That makes us official. Um, I do want to th- thank everyone who's been listening, all 20 people or so, we've been yeah. getting rotationally. Uh, again though, uh, for people who have been reaching out to us on Twitter, we appreciate that. You can get at us, Uticast, at U-T-I-C-A-S-T. Uh, if you have any questions for us, we are pretty good at answering, I yeah, feel like. We're always, we're, we're, if, anybody had, if anybody ever had a question, we would answer it. Yes, for sure. If you want to ask me a personal question, you can just find me on my own personal Twitter. It's Aaron underscore new underscore shoes. Like, if you want to go on a date or something. Aaron's barefoot right now. <laughs> Aaron new shoes is barefoot right now. And you can, she likes it when you slide into her DMs. So don't even, <laughs> don't even tweet at her. Just slide directly it's true. Into the DMs. Um, but yeah, you can get us on iTunes now. We're SoundCloud now. We're all over the place. Well, I feel very official. We'll start putting these podcasts on cassette tapes um, and leaving them all over town. Oh, I like that a lot. So that way nobody can listen. I like that. Uh, it's just a shame that this couldn't be my real job, right? Yeah. Like, I wish that this was my whole job. Just You're very get... good at it. Oh, well, that's, that's very nice of you to say. Uh, my current job doesn't feel that way. Oh, speaking of which, yeah. update on the job front. Yeah. I did not get fired. From my job as a temp. Say what? I know. I just got moved to a different department doing the same job for different people. So now I'm a handsome secretary for a different department at the local community college. You know what? That's better than not having a job. (laughs) That's true. It is. Except here's the problem. Now I'm jaded. Right? Of I'm course jaded by the way this job has treated me. So all I did today was spend the day looking for new jobs while at work, which I'm sure you guys may or may not have done at some point in time. I don't have the time, unfortunately, to do that. I'm in a field where, like, if I have 30 seconds to myself, I'm probably going to sip my cup of cold coffee because it's 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, I've had some jobs where I've done that, but not my current one, no. I just want to make sure that everybody who's listening knows that right now as Aaron's talking to you, she is wrapping this 
very loud colored scarf up around her head like some sort of turban <laughs> while she talks. Very. And it's kind of impressive to watch happen. Thank you. I'm making a turban out of my Lily Pulitzer scarf. I don't know if I could do that without talking, like, in a mirror. I'd still screw that up. Oh, um, she's yeah. doing that, and it's like 100 degrees, too. This has <laughs> got to be the hottest day of the year today. Yeah. I think it's a pretty it's good look bad. for me, though. It is a good look for you. I would, I'm going to take a picture and post it on the uh, We'll put that on the, on the live. I think you should. On Twitter. Um, but uh, thinking about these jobs with my college degree, I'm a college graduate, guys. Yes. I graduated from a college in New York City that I paid money to go to. I gave them my money and said, please, take my money. Uh, and yet, leaving college in today's society, the world we live in, I feel like I made a mistake and I should have just learned to trade. And this is this is a common conversation mm. even outside of the podcast that me and Kevin have all the time. We've had this we've had this conversation before and you know how I feel about trade education. Mm. You know how where I stand on it working in special education. I believe that trade schools are the future for a lot oh, of yeah. people, people that are not quote unquote cut out to be college bound, uh, people that don't want to be college bound, people that really you know have other ideas for what they want to be in life, and there's not a lot of that venue happening right now. It's funny you bring that up, actually, uh, about the trade jobs, because I read a really interesting article today somewhere. I don't remember where I read it, but they were talking about how one of the biggest issues is the way that we talk about trade jobs. Mm -hmm. The way that they're always talked about and referenced, even in passing conversations, like some sort of consolation prize or something like that. Well, listen, you're not necessarily college material, so maybe we'll get you a trade school, and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, and it... You make people feel dumb, so people who even think about it, somebody who might think, hey, I would really, you know, wiring's really interesting to me. I would really like to look into being an electrician after I finish high school or whatever. They look at it like, yeah, but I don't want to go to a trade school because all my friends are going to think I'm dumb and inferior and this and that. And we have to change the way we talk about right. and present these options to young kids. But that's the thing, too. I, I, work at, I worked at MB. I dealt with a lot of looking at people's uh, manuscripts. and or Not manuscripts, your, uh, your transcripts, transcripts. Your transcripts. And, uh, and looking at all these... Uh, courses we offered and when as you get older I'm almost you know, I'm almost 30 years old when I look at these courses now I have an interest in them that I would never would have had 10 years ago I'm like oh it would be interesting to be an airplane technician like that seems like a but do good you, job do you think if those ideas were more uh, fairly and evenly presented due to younger age something might have caught earlier no because when we maybe not for us because for, in my generation or at least this my age range, I feel like we were still getting hit pretty hard, like, go to college, go to That's college. That's what I'm saying. Go to if, college. That, if that wasn't the way. If it wasn't the way now in today's society, yeah, I would love, because <laughs> we talk about this, again, in private, mm -hmm. the idea of honorable professions, like old school professions that people don't tend to want anymore, like yeah. uh, carpentry or masonry or plumbing or electricians or, uh, me, me and my good friend Adam used to always talk about how bar being a butcher is probably like what a great job that would be. Of course, that's a little bit different. But, but you know, the, you make a good point because I guarantee if you got in the phone book or you looked up whatever, you called 10 plumbers, 10 electricians, 10 carpenters, and you had them all come to your house, I guarantee out of those 30 people, probably 28 of them are over the age of 50. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. I guarantee all yeah. of them over 40. I don't know many young people stuff like that anymore the only reason I feel able to talk about this is because I do have such a passion for trade education right. I do really truly believe that it is the wave of the future mm -hmm. um, to watch the way the president discusses it now is very hopeful mm -hmm. going forward to see that he says you know he'll he's giving some collegiate aid help or some trade school financial mm -hmm. help yeah. for people that want to do this mm -hmm. uh, I remember vividly being in high school and being a senior and not knowing what I wanted to do and not wanting to put on my little star outside the office where they post all of the seniors 
names and where they're going to school, not wanting to have my star hung because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I accepted uh, a state school, just so it would go, you know, essentially for a bunch of reasons, but just so it went up on the star and it didn't say like Aaron Undecided or Aaron MVCC because I was. Yeah. There was still that stigmatism attached to it. I well, think especially you went to a high school where that's probably a little more prevalent too than all It was very Clinton. Yeah, Clinton High School. Okay. Yeah, but I think that now it's starting to decrease. I think the stigmatism attached to trade education is starting to decrease, especially with um, with the positive push from the government, with the positive push from people of our generation saying, "Wow, you know, had we known, we probably would have gone back." with the aging population that is working in trade jobs right now. I say trade jobs. Beautiful, you know, they say dirty hands, clean soul. Like, what, or clean heart, or whatever, clean mind. Those types of jobs, with the aged population now, they're looking for apprentices. They're looking for people. Those are the jobs you really want to be working in. You have a lifetime where you can pick up wherever you are and move wherever you want to be because you are your own Essentially, your own. Well, well, and at the end of the day, you can do something. You can produce something. You exactly. can finish work for the day and be like, look at what I've done. If you work in some office, you work for an insurance company, not there's anything wrong with that kind of career, whatever you want to do. But if you work in something like that or you work in finance, you can't point to something and be like, you know, look at this porch that I built today or look at what I've done to help these people. It's a tangible skill that you can take with you anywhere. Tangible skills. I'm sorry, I hate to say this. I just finished uh, a research. Um, class, like a, a something, on tangible jobs versus the art of teaching, because teachers in society, this is very left of the topic, but teachers in society are viewed very poorly because they don't have tangible outcomes. That's one of the big reasons why teachers are viewed so poorly. And teachers and, and jobs that do have tangible outcomes now, especially recently, their popula- uh, popularity is growing and their, their quote-unquote societal value is growing. Here's something we talk about, though, as well, uh, constantly, is I don't know if for the rest of my life I want to be working for somebody else. The idea of being able to have a serviceable skill that I can offer to people, a a monetary skill, uh, it's something uh, Adam, I always talk about Adam. Adam went to Stevens University. My friend Adam went to Stevens University. He had a degree in engineering. He learned how to do video editing. Mm-hmm. The video editing, this side skill that he learned how to do, is where he makes most of his money now yeah. because this is a cert, a skill that people need that not everyone knows how to do. Marketable that he can skills. Market to almost – he goes to different companies and freelances and makes more money than he would if he were getting uh, – if he was working on a 9 to 5 probably because yeah. he has a skill that's in demand and yes. not everyone can do it. That's what bothers me having a history degree. I don't know if I necessarily have a marketable immediate skill to tell people – uh, I can read books good. I can tell you, you a lot I mean? of stuff yeah. about Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, I love Nicaragua a but lot. But yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those things where if, you know, if you're a plumber, if you had taken, instead of going the history route, if you had went right after high school and you had started learning how to be a plumber, you talk about you're almost 30, at 29 years old now, if you had learned how to plumber and you had been working, done some apprentice work, you'd have been in the game for over 10 years now. And as long as you own your own truck, your own tools, and a working phone... You can work for yourself and you can grow that as big or as small as you want to. And if you want to get huge and get into, you know, commercial properties and doing huge, huge projects like that, you can do that. You can make just as much money as any doctor or lawyer around makes. Or if you want to keep it small and you just want a modest life and a little cabin in the woods and just do enough jobs to support that lifestyle, you can do that too. But it's up to you. It's not up to HR and four different levels of middle management above you and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, My grandfather used to always say, Work dispels worry. 
So roll up your sleeves. Oh. <laughs> like that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back in just a minute. This is the best job to have. Just talking to you two. It's, I could get paid to do this. It'd be great. I would take less money than I make now to do this. I can't make possibly any less money. I'm an educator. That's, that's true. That's I'm making true. the least amount of money. I was paid two hundred dollars a month. I, that's what they pay. They give me sixteen paper clips a week. <laughs> uh, so, I was uh, I was telling I was telling Kevin this before you got here, Aaron. I've yet to be on a date since I've been back in Utica. I'm afraid to go on a date. Wait, well, uh, uh, I'm afraid to go on a date. You know. Why are you afraid yeah, to go can on we, a date? Can we go in that first? Yeah, like, no, let's go in it. I'll tell you why. Because uh, the, the circle of people in this town yeah. is smaller than the circle I previously had to deal with. If I go out to New York, if I was out in New York City, okay, and I walk into a bar, any specific bar in Manhattan, I see a, an attractive woman that I would like to talk to. If I walk over there and say something, and she looks at me like I'm an idiot... I can just walk away and go, all right, never see you ever again in my life because yeah. you're a stranger and I'm a phantom and you'll never see me again. This is the city of <laughs> You're a stranger, I'm a phantom, I will never see you again. Yeah, like it's, there's a, there's That's a great line. I think we should start line. using that to uh, pick up. Thank, write that down. Uh, <laughs> thank God it's not safe. Uh, but that was the thing, you know, you could sort of make, you could sort of go out of your way and be a little more outgoing because there's less fear of being openly rejected and having to deal with it going forward. You gotta just cut that fear. Dude, I don't have that fear. Like, I don't you, have that fear at if all. If you go up and you talk to some girl at a tiny bar in a small city like this and you get blown out she thinks you're a joke and laughs, who cares? Who cares? You know what I mean? You gotta be able to let it go. Ask my girlfriends. Ask Katie. I don't have fear of that because I'm just, what? I just don't have that fear. I just don't. I just don't feel like it's a big deal. Like, you don't like me, that's not my problem anymore. <laughs> See you later. And she reties her turban on top of her head because okay. it fell out. Um, it's part. a very good look well, for me. It's also, I think people now are uh, are a little, is, dating is different now than it used to be in general. Like, oh, it's a little much are, different. It feels like, because as, as we get, like, you know, we're all creeping up on 30 real close. Some of us have already hit it. Names should not be mentioned. Not be mentioned. But, like. The turban. <laughs> yeah, the turban. The turban's 30. But no, I feel like the stakes are higher. Because when you go out and you go on dates now, I feel like I'm being pre-qualified for a mortgage instead of just trying to get to know somebody. Oh, yeah, it's really because hard. Because everybody's trying to, like. I don't say everybody because I don't feel this way. I don't think you do. And, you know, there's plenty of people who don't. But a lot of people feel like they're getting close to this finish line. And so you meet somebody now and you start talking to somebody, start dating. It's not like it used to be. It's like we're just hanging out and having fun and it's cool because, you know, whatever. We'll see what goes on and who this person is. Now it's like, well, I'm going to try to, you know, get right in and get super serious right away. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's, a, that's an age thing, right? Because now yeah, it, seems like, it seems like there's more at stake in your late 20s and early 30s than there is in your early 20s. You know what I mean? I I, I would go on a date and, with girls I didn't like in my early 20s just because I thought they were attractive, right? Like, or right. vice versa. Like, yeah. you know. It's a very diplomatic way to put it. <laughs> well, you know. No, but I understand what you're saying. And I wonder if the stakes are actually higher, if they just feel higher because we're creeped out about getting old. Well, because why would you commit to somebody in your mid-30s 
if you didn't plan on spending a good portion. Well, you're going to spend five years of your 30s with somebody you're not going to get married to. Well, how, long, kids. how long would it take you to know? But that, that is a good point, though. Well, you, yeah. you realize as you get older, I think you start to realize that time, you, you, everybody only gets so much time, yeah. and time doesn't stop. When you're young, you know that in the abstract, but you don't have any real concept for how fast life is going to speed up. When you're 18, you just you don't get it. You don't have the life experience to know how fast life can move on you. And now we live in the Tinder, OkCupid world where you can pre-screen somebody before you actually go on a date with them or ever meet them, right? Now, yeah. I've, I, don't really, I don't really do online dating. I've been on one Tinder date. One. When one Tinder date in New York, I showed up. The girl looked nothing like she did in her photo. And she was incredibly thirsty. So I, uh, she was very thirsty. The thirstiest girl I've ever seen. And, uh, the thirst is real. The thirst is real. And uh, I faked a head cold and laughed after an hour. <laughs> and I swear, I'm not joking. We sat at the bar, and she's like, "Yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been with a guy in in, in like a year and a half." Oh like, dear God! Oh, oh, <laughs> and I just was like, "You're like, it's so nice to meet you." But I was like, "You're such a sweet girl. I'm, I feel bad that I have a headache and my head exploded with mucus immediately. I gotta go though, like right now." She's like, "I'll walk you to the subway." I was like, "Nope, no thanks. No, no, I'm, I'm good. good. Take right, I'm gonna lose it." Um, I was looking like Jambi. That was probably with like Jason Jambi. No, oh. like Jambi from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. Michael like a high, make a honey. Okay. So I got to put a picture of this on the internet so people have some concept. Of what yeah, of me looking like Jambi. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the worst, probably the worst single first date I have been on in years, though. Like that was that was a. Total disaster, worse than any I've been on. I've been on really bad first dates. I don't believe you, it. I, I, I feel that... like sometimes you go out on dates because you know it's going to be a terrible date. You want the story. The You're stories like, are the best part. You know what? This is going to be awful, and I can't stand this person, but I'm going to have a hell of a story after I'm done. Yeah, that, that's, not, and that's not entirely untrue, but I did go on a date once with a boy who showed me on his, his really sweet little smartphone. He showed me videos of soldiers proposing to their girlfriends to it was like a montage and it was like a train song it was like train music on a first oh, date no. yeah on a first date and then he cried Ooh. and I was like and I looked across the bar at the, like there was a bunch of like people or couples sitting across the bar from us and they were like when he goes we will buy you drinks and I'm like thank you see we gotta take we gotta take your guy showing the soldier video and give it to Sam's thirstiest chick on Tinder they so could have been like get best them friends. together and they'll be sad I don't have Tinder because I don't have a Facebook <laughs> mm-hmm so I really would be interested to see. I don't think it would go well for me, though. Tinder yeah. is less of an actual dating website and more of a fun game to play. When yeah, you're that's what I've been told. All right, yeah. so I have to steer the conversation. I have found um, this Twitter that makes first date questions. Oh. And they're my favorite first date questions, and I love them, and I can't wait to utilize them when I go on my next first date. But I figured I'd throw some of them at you guys and see okay. how you reacted. I love it. I've picked less... Uh, more appropriate ones for the podcast. Right. They get really, really bad. But here's a good one. What if caterpillars had to put on shoes every morning? That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? You can't, you, you would say that on a date? Okay. Who would say you that? You walk on some time, hi, So what would you think if caterpillars had to put on shoes every morning? <laughs> well, if they become sentient, formed a, formed a civilization, started producing shoes in their size, and we're all in a lot of trouble. I would think that you're a sad spinster who needs better questions than the okay, opening of Okay, 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 okay. That's your open? Wow. <laughs> have, you ever pro- have you ever brought a cheese platter into your shower? Oh, that's a good one, actually, for me. See, I, I feel like that's you know. one of those questions, like, look at how quirky and zany I am. Like, well, no, I've never like bought Zoe a cheese Chanel plate into my shower because I'm busy. That's what I mean. Like, it's... I'm a little tempted to take a cheese plate in the shower. You know how I feel about cheese plate. 
I've had string cheese. In Listen, the shower. everybody loves a cheese plate. There's no question about that. But what, I mean, why are you eating in the shower? Are you before the I shower? I just want you to answer the, the questions. Kevin. No. Okay. Fine. No. All right. All right. Let's go. If Oprah wanted to swallow you whole, how quickly would you think you'd say yes? Oh, immediately. I, no. Oh, you're not. What? How? Oprah swallow you whole? Because it's Oprah. Unless that's a euphemism. No, I'm not going to let Oprah unhinge her jaw. Even if it is a euphemism, the answer is still no. Unless I can get some of that Harpo bucks. Yo, but yeah, no. Me. Oprah's going to unhinge her jaw and eat me like an anaconda? Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay, ready? How quickly do you think you would die in a fight with an angry swan? Oh, no. That swan's going down. No chance. Uh, this ties into a conversation. I would leave with injuries, but that swan's going down. Me and Kev said last night, anything... Shorter, what was it? Shorter than three feet tall, I, I, I can take. I'm not worried about it. Really? I'm, honestly, like, I'm not worried about it. With the exception of, like, weird stuff, like snakes or something, or something like that. Something like, that's poison yeah. in it. Because it's not tall, but yeah. No. no, if you give me a swan, I'll find my way out of it. I'll be I think right. I would die in 45 minutes. I think a swan would damage me, but I think I could kill it. Yeah. I can get a hold of that neck. One time, this is a fun it's story. It's a hot date. What? Question. Right? <laughs> it's a hot date. So, where do you think you would die in a swan fight? No, one time I did get in a uh, spitting match with a bird. And it pecked at me. I was trying to rescue it because I was doing my Mother Nature biz. And it, like, pecked at me, and I was like, mm, I'm out. Bye. You're on your own now. So mm. I think Swan and I would not get along. Ready? What if bread was people? You'd be in trouble, right? Are you, well, yeah, you'd I would be in a lot of trouble. Well, they could be gluten-free people, I suppose. These I all... would be gluten-free bread. I'd be crumbly and horrific. These are all very vague. i got to tell all you. All right, hold on. I'll These get better. These are all very vague. How many times a day do you stop everything to listen to the Space Jam theme song? Oh, oh that's the best one. Five to six at most. Sick reference. Everybody Sick. knows this Twitter account's references are out of control. <laughs> right? Okay. Which Backstreet Boy did you have the scariest crush on? See, that's a little more legit, right? Okay, that's like an actual question that you had answers to choose from. Uh, AJ, the uh, bad boy, of course. Which Backstreet Boy? Was that Lance? Was Lance in the Backstreet Boys? No, he was in NSYNC. Oh, well, I'm out of then. Lance was my only one. He was my guy. I'm like Lance? I'm out there. Lance? Really? Lance? He had that, that bassy vibes. Maybe his last name was just bass. I don't know. One or the other. Lance. Wow. Lance was my guy. You don't know about Lance. Give me one more of these before we go to Oh, wait. All right. Ready? What's the weirdest liquid your toes have ever been in? That's kind of a personal question, if you That's ask me. That's dirty. That's, you know what, though? At least we're getting into the realm of things that apply well, to Well, I people. tried to pick out That's ones that were, that, well, that were like... like She's very defensive of this Twitter account and the questions. I think she runs it herself. I think you do. What's the Twitter handle on this? First date questions. Aaron underscore new, new underscore shoes. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. There's so many, honestly, and I could... Do you think bees are ticklish? Like, they're silly, and it makes me laugh because they're so goofy. Let me ask you a question. If yeah. someone presented these questions to you on a date, would you be endeared to this person? Or would, would it be serious, or would it be like... Hilarious, like, hey. See, all these... All I think these... you save the questions like this for the third date when you're just laughing and joking around. You can bring it up, look at this funny thing I found. Yeah. Here's my thing. If I, go on, if I go on a first date, and I, I think that I'm an all right conversationalist. I can talk to people and keep an engaging conversation going. Generally, I think the podcast people, audience would definitely agree with hey, that. Hey, you know, all, all two of them. But, like, <laughs> if I go on a first date with a girl and she needs to resort to a list of questions to ask me just to foster some sort of conversation, there is no second date. Because if I can't sit here and talk to you and have a but conversation... But let me, let me ask you this, though. But let me ask you this. Do you think lizards can fall in love? Mm. Uh, I've fallen in love a couple times, so, you know. Do you think Chris you, Pratt you, is a gentle too? lover? Ask Sam. That's Sam's... Oh my what God. was it? Do you, think Do you Chris, see Sam's ears perk up <laughs> when you like said a German Chris Pratt? Shepherd. 
Do you think Chris Pratt is a gentle lover? I think he's very generous. Let's just say <laughs> he's my own personal Star Lord. Uh, I would probably go on a date. He has the scariest crush on Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'd probably go on a date with um, what was his name? Groot before Star Lord. You know that's Vin Diesel, right? You a big Vin Diesel oh, fan? Oh wait a minute! Now I want to back that up. Uh, you made a mistake. Back yeah. it up. Vin Diesel wants you to back it up too. I bet. <laughs> Can I go on a date with the trees? He'll ask. Uh, we have a very exciting... We have a great guest on yeah, today. Two we segment, haven't even mentioned it yet, but we got a great guest coming yeah, up. Two-segment guest with our very good friend, Z Donaldson. But that does mean, Aaron, we'll Z! see you next week, I guess. Yeah, just got to take off and go buy some more headscarves or red Listen, and turbans. Uh, I do want to say one quick thing. Wednesday, the 22nd, is the Topping Tree opening. Oh. Uh, grand opening. Speaking of headscarves and all yes. that exciting go stuff. Yes, go down and see Heather. Go down and see tree. Heather at the Topping Tree on the 22nd. Right uh, in the village, right a couple doors down from Georgia's in the village of New Hartford. Yeah, it's I'll be there signing shop. autographs. At the Topping Tree is their Twitter handle, I believe. I do believe it's uh, at the it's... Topping Tree. Uh, Let's good just friends yes. of the podcast. Uh, Aaron, thanks for coming in. See you next week. Bye, guys. Love you. See you later. Uh, and here comes Z. Give us a break. We'll be right back. He would probably prefer to be Shawn Michaels if he all of course. considered Shawn Yeah, Michaels but you're more Shawn Michaels than he is. He's more Big Daddy cool all day. See? He's got the Nacho Libre mask. He's already... <laughs> uh, Anthony Donaldson, yeah. a.k.a. the infamous Z. It's so nice to have you in studio, man. Thanks Thank for you. having me, man. Oh, this it's is a cool. pleasure. We go back a long way. Uh, Since you... Uh, what was your band? Blueprint, right? The Blueprint. The and Blueprint and... Coercion. Coercion. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, there's been so many bands throughout the years. It's hard to keep them all straight. But that's uh, that was one of the that was one of the joys about those two things. They're basically the same bands, same members. We just changed the name. We're like, no, it's different now. I'm sure that comes through more often than not with lots of bands. Like, no, we're just we're a different band now. What else did you change besides your name? Nothing. <laughs> stylistic, stylistic. We threw in a cover. Yeah, we threw a cover in here and there. We're doing my Sharona. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a this is, you can call this a hot take if you want, but. I still feel like there's a void without the electric company. Right. I really do. I, I, I and this is not to knock a lot of places. I've been to Lucan's since they've had bands. And they always have good bands. Uh, I just there was something about the electric company, and I don't know exactly. You probably know. You'd know better. What year did you guys close? Two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve. Yes. Yeah, so it's been three years. I have to ask, do you miss it a little bit? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, actually, as my friends would put it, that I'm not such a miserable prick anymore. <laughs> really? Do you think it... Yeah. yeah, man, I got burnt for a while, yeah. you know? It was tough. Um, it's tough because it's, like, when we first got down there, we were thriving. Yeah. And, you know, and there was only three bars on the street. Sure. And then once we got hot, it just, people started to take notice of Eric Street, mm-hmm. you know? And then the Celtic Harps opening and Nail Crick and, um, you know, <laughs> um, Sickenberger, the Holly Rock, they all opened up. Yeah. And um, it just uh, started to take a little bit away from the pie, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Which I was totally happy with having neighbors. I thought it was cool. We built a cool little thing down there. Yeah. But it, also, you know, we got bills to pay too, you know? Yeah. And, and the bills started to add up and when you got a dickhead for a landlord and shit, it was, it was time to get out, you know? 
Do you feel like it was hard to, because for me, on, on my personal level, I always thought of Electric Company as a musician's bar. Right. For me personally, I don't know if that's how you saw it in your head, but in my head, I felt like that's where you would go to see musicians play, and if you really wanted to hear music, whereas as opposed to, you know, Nail Creek is a great bar for drinking beers, but I don't see too many shows there. Right. Uh, you know, that, the harp does seem to pull a lot of music in, but um, I know I don't go to the harp very often, I'll just say that. Uh, but in a, it... I still feel like there's a void. There was a, that was the place where if you wanted to set yourself up as a musician, you wanted to play at the electric company. That's cool. I mean, that uh, makes me feel so great to hear, you know? That's I, I hear it, dude. Honestly, I hear it everywhere I go. Mm. It's actually the reason why I've become a hermit so much is because yeah. I get the same questions no matter where I go, you know? Either yeah. if it could be 10 people in the crowd or one person in the crowd. And, and, and it's cool that I actually left the mark with people. Sure. And, and, and it's cool to be recognized for that, mm. for sure. But... You know, it was time to go. It was definitely time to go. When did you initially? You how long had you been with, there? We were we opened up in October two thousand and two. So that's a ten years stretch right there. That's, yeah, just under ten wow. years. Just under ten years. Yeah, we had a great run, man. We we definitely had a great run. We um, kickstarted some careers, and you know we've prolonged some careers, and <laughs> you know, and then we've had some reunion parties, and you know, it was cool. And, I've met a lot of great people along the way, and I'm still in touch with a lot of great people. And what uh, what do you think your favorite show to oh, come in yeah. over the years? It's hard to ask. I know you guys had lots of good shows. Way but too many. Too way many. too many. There's uh, there's so many. John Brown's Body when they used to come to. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Psychedelic Breakfast, and the Breakfast. Now they're the kung. Fu, now the kung fu. I mean, anytime Al or the Mo the Mo, Mo guys came in through. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just been yeah. so many. The list goes on and on. Now you kind of put me on the spot, and I can't really no, process my fine. brain that fast right now. Uh, they've been good for the whole uh, the whole community as well, like Mo and those dudes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. They're some of my great friends, and I love them dearly. Uh, now you are playing bass. I've been playing bass for a while, actually. Well, with street rock, though, you're playing bass, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my baby right now. <laughs> Had the podcast been going at the time, I definitely would have brought you in for the CD release show, but I was there for the, uh, the CD release party awesome. at uh, Tap House, and it was, it was an excellent show. Thank you, It was man. an excellent Thank show. You. How did you get hooked up with street rock? How did that start? Well, actually, it started with... Uh, I have a little sound company on the side that mm-hmm. I, we do sound and lights for... Um, for bands, local yeah. bands and stuff, if they need something. Uh, shout out to Roscoe. Um, and so one night I was doing a show at the Sickenberger, and it was yeah. Halloween night, and uh, there was this opening act, One Fresh Set, and they were rapping over the CD, and it was Ale and his brother Ness. Yeah. And when I saw him, I was blown away. I'm like, you two need a band. Never mind this rapping over a CD crap. You need some energy. Live music, You know, yeah. you need some drums kicking. You need some bass thumping. For sure. And so we got talking, and, you know, I always break Ant's balls about this, too. I tell him, uh, I started this band thinking they were going to be a package deal, and we're still waiting for Ness to show up to practice. <laughs> but anyways, um, he's, he knows he's got an open invitation. But anyways, I saw them rapping, and uh, I was like, dude, we, we should do something, exchange numbers. And he came over the house a couple times. And this was right around the time when uh, Dave got into his car wreck. Dave Miliani. Dave Miliani got into his, uh, his bike accident. Yes. So I was going to visit him at the hospital, and I was taking over for him, you know, driving a couple gigs for him or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, Mandry was in the... Chris Mandry. Chris Mandry, yeah. Was in there visiting Dave. Yeah, he's a friend of the show. And he had just got home from... Where was he? Tennessee. He had just recently got home, like, a month prior or two months prior. 
and uh, he was doing nothing. And so I'm like, dude, you're way too good not to be playing drums, you know, because the kid's a phenom. Yeah. He really is. He's one of the most ridiculous drummers around. Well, Chris, uh, you know, I, I've known Chris as well for a very long time. Right. He'll be on the show eventually because he's in that uh, that comedy festival that's coming up as well. Because right. Chris is a renaissance man and he does everything. Oh, he is definitely a renaissance <laughs> man. He's that's an actor, sure. comedian, drummer. Yeah. Uh, but he, that's one of the things, too. I, you know, and yeah, this, he's a big friend to the kiddies out there. He is. He is. He's a good <laughs> he man. He loves his kiddies. Uh, Chris, though, uh, you know, when I watched you guys play as the rhythm section, him on drums and you on bass, you guys really do... Uh, play very tight together. It's it's very good. It's easy to play with him. He always makes it really easy. He does, makes it very, very easy. He's just, he's awesome. He's really incredible. His timing's impeccable and, and he's smart and he's really schooled in music and it's it's a pleasure to play with the kid. It comes through. It, you know, and and I love playing with him and I enjoy and I treasure those moments that we have. I mean, I love to look back at him when we're in the pocket or something yeah. and just a smile on his face. Not even a lemon can wipe the smile off his face. You know what I mean? If he'd been into a lemon, he would still be smiling. But um, those are the moments that I love, man, watching. in AO too, man. I love AO is just a very charismatic, energetic freak of nature uh, A.O. the front <laughs> A.O. the front man for, for Street Rock I had never met him uh-huh. until the night at Gordon's the night of the CD release party and he's a a force of personality he's such an <laughs> you're not gonna find a kinder soul what a world. nice guy oh my god really and uh He's just a good soul, man. You know, and I even last night we had practice, and I was like, I am so lucky to have you in my life, bro. Mm-hmm. And I tell him that all the time because you know what? I could be sometimes a hothead, and AO can level me out. And it's amazing. He could just calm me down and talk me out of pretty much anything. I says, dude, you're going to be there when I'm ready to jump off the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, of course, kidding. But it's just a joke that we have. No, it's funny because uh, all the guys in the band, and I've talked to most of them, uh, individually as well about it. All of them seem like this. They're really excited that this project is is taken off, and it seems like you guys are really enjoying it. Uh, it's know. a lot of fun, man. It's it's fun, and we have a good time. And that's first and foremost with this band is it, it has to be fun, you know. And it is. It is. We've definitely made it a good time. Uh, well, the shows are always entertaining. The music's really good. We're gonna play. You, man. We're gonna play one of your tracks coming up. But uh, before we do. You had the CD release party. Yes. What's uh, what's on the horizon? What's next for Street Rock? A bunch of stuff. We're doing the thing with uh, Paper Mill Island with Bad Fish. Um, Paper Mill Island is a gorgeous amphitheater in Goldwinsville. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. its own little island. Um, the week before Warren Haynes is playing there. I mean, nice. they, have, they have big shows. Nice. Bad Fish is coming in. You know, it's a large venue. And uh, we're excited to be playing that, honored to be playing that. And uh, we got the Utica Music Fest coming up, and we got a bunch of things on hold we really can't announce right away. Sure. I got to loosen up some ends. I've been away for the last couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. uh, I got to tighten up some stuff. But we're going to be out there in full force coming this fall. For That's sure. great. Yeah. I feel like uh, it, since I've been back, and I've only been back in a couple of months, I don't feel like there's a there's not as much... There's not as many venues out there for people to get their music out. There like, really isn't, it's, man. They're dying by the... Like, they're just dying. The only place I feel like I ever go anymore is the death. The death, and right. And Tim does a great job uh, there. And I've known Tim for, again, so many yeah. years. And he, and he's a musician himself. And he yeah. knows and he cares. And you know and you know you're going to go in there. And it, you're going to get taken care of as being a musician. We're hoping to have him on either next week or the week after. You but gotta. He, but he's a guy just like you and me who, you know, music, it's... It's not just something as a business for him. He he cares about people making music. And, right. And, you know, I, 
it just feels different since I've been back, you know? Yeah, there, there definitely is a void. And, you know, I, it's just tough, man. It really is. It's tough to run a, a bar in Utica. It is. And there's so many bars in Utica, too. That's the other thing. And they're all trying to compete with each other, and everybody throws each other under the bus. And now, I'm going to go into it, but it just seems like they're all, it's the same five bands, and I love all those five bands. <laughs> they're all my friends. But they're just yeah. key to, there's no variety anymore, man. And there really isn't. There's not a variety. It's kind of just stagnant, and they just keep playing the same five bars and the same five bands, but the bars don't even want to even step into original music, you know? And there's a great original music scene here in Utica. There is, and we're all a tight-knit group, and it's cool, man. It's You know, when we put on a show, there's going to be four or five bands on there because they're all our friends, you know? We all got to be a part of the mix. I love where this conversation is going, and I think we should bring... Uh, Kevin in on this so if you want to hang around for one more segment dude I'm here man um, but let's uh, let's play a track let's play a street rock track this is uh, this is Milky White Booty Uh-oh. oh yeah here it comes we're gonna let you're gonna play it for you guys we'll be back in just a few minutes shake it girl shake it
milky white booty. <laughs> Who plays sax on that track? That's Sam Kinniger, man. Yeah. He's amazing. Now, Sam has been a longtime friend of mine, and, I mean, his credentials are huge, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's played with Dave Matthews. Wow. He's, he started Lettuce, you know, mm-hmm. so live. I mean, he's been in some hot bands and Sam and I've been friends for a long time so it was it was so cool that he actually said yeah he'd come down to do it and the cooler thing is and they had it all hidden on me I had no idea but he showed up for our CD release party I, I had no I idea he was that. coming I remember when I was there and it was like the same kid was coming don't tell Z he doesn't I, know what he's coming and, and when I saw him walk up the street with his axe in hand I shit my pants <laughs> are we allowed to say that oh you can yeah. say that you want so yeah oh yeah that's that's you know, that fuck is my crutch word <laughs> anyways um, so when Sam came walking and that was just uh, such a huge highlight for me that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be a cool feeling for somebody who's always like worked so hard to support music and go out of your way to be good to people and all musicians and everybody who comes through and you know you ran a place that supported local music for so long to see that come back you guys it's gotta it's gotta be an awesome feeling to look at it and be like man like what a really cool thing for somebody to do and come in and like... I was blown away, man. Yeah. Blown away. I would imagine. It's still like, you know, my top moment for 2015. <laughs> uh, so we've all been playing in bands for a good portion of our lives. Since I was about 15, I think, when I first picked up uh, bass guitar at the time because uh, I had an acoustic and I was playing in a band with two other guys who played guitar and they had nicer guitars than me. So I had to be the guy to step down and like, all right... I'll play bass, guys. I'll be that guy to play bass. Um, but when we were younger, when we were playing in the Blueprint and Coercion, we were very stoically against playing cover music. Right? Like that was that was the MO. Especially for me and you, we were very dead set at that time. Even though there really wasn't any scene for original music in Utica at the time. And we did our thing to the best of our ability at the time. But it was... As I get older and I'm less stubborn, I can see why it's hard to play original music and why it would have been beneficial for us to play covers, but I wish there were more people playing original music, which is one of the things that you sort of touched on that I really appreciate about you guys. You have a really original sound with original music. And I've seen there are some cool bands out there. I mean, Copper Vein Clones are awesome. I've seen them play with Street Rock a bunch of times. Dude, yeah. Mason's Revolt, Nine Ball, um, yeah. uh, Into Shadow. Uh, there, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. There's there's a lot of great bands out there. And, uh, you know, we try to make it a party when we all get together, you know? It's, always, it's like a brotherhood that we got going on, for sure. And that's the only way to do it, because I remember even back in the day, playing in bands and playing shows, you know, you had to get along with the other bands. And even if they don't play the exact same kind of music you right. play, or it's not exactly this and that, it's a small enough scene where everybody has to have everybody's back, because there's no... It's not big enough for there to be any kind of division or any sort exactly, of like stuff man. like that. <laughs> See, back in, way back in the day, the, the bands all had rivalries with yeah, each, I with each other. We, I remember and it was bad. They would, like you that. know, fuck each other, sound up, or oh, yeah. tune their instruments <laughs> when they're not looking, and, and stuff like that. And and it seems now that has long passed us. Yeah. And, and we're, uh, you know, we're in we're in a good place right now for sure in the local music scene. We just need more venues. We yeah. def- well, that was that's something too. We grew up playing, and I was like 16, 17. We were playing in like pop punk style bands, like even before yeah. you know we were playing in the Blueprint. And there were places to go. You could go to Virgo Bats because that was an open yeah. venue for young bands if they wanted to just play for for playing. Well, I, remember, sake. I mean, and even you would play in some strange places too because like I remember playing in Melodic Revolution in Clinton. Yeah, Melodic Revolution. There was a little CD store and coffee that place house. Was cool man. That they made up, and I saw so many cool bands there, like National Touring X, that went on to get a lot bigger. 
But it was crazy because for all intents and purposes, they built it into a house. So you're playing a show in like a living room and a dining room of an old like Victorian house in the village of Clinton. Yeah. And it's just such a unique place. And there's not, it doesn't seem to be the smaller places like that. There's still, you know, a couple bars that do it, but there's not those like weird sort of strange off the beaten pad venues anymore. You got to think there's probably a lot of people who don't remember it anymore, but trips, Captain Trips on Genesee Street. I got my start. Yeah, man. man, If it wasn't for that place, the first place I ever put on a show. Yeah. that's, I think, Tommy and Vinny, I talked to Vinny yesterday, as a matter of fact. I mean, I'm still in touch with them. If it wasn't for those guys, there would never have been any scene. I feel like whoever they sold that building to, I feel like they jumped the gun on tearing it down. They had big plans. And now, because if that shame. building were still standing, somebody would have done something. Yeah, like it was a great size room. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, and so many great bands came out of there. Yeah. Branford Marcellus played there. Government Mule played there. Yeah. Bonamassa used to come through there with Bloodline. I remember. Just, I mean, just so many bands. They had Rat there. Mo played there, Goldfinger. I mean, there was yeah, just so I remember, many. I remember when I was Jerry young, just Garcia getting the band. Punk I mean, the list stuff. was on and on and on. I mean, they brought so much to the community back then. That was trips was hot, man. Yeah, the nineties was fun, man. You had the you had the Metro too. Metro used to pump out some bands too, and uh, and Captain Trips was just at the forefront of everything. Trips, and, trips was the first place as a kid when I got to play at Trips, and it didn't doesn't sound like much now, but. When I was young, no, yeah, when you're like 17 years old, that's amazing. That like, we we're yeah. playing it trips yeah. on Friday. It's huge. Friends man. couldn't get in. You it got expensive. It. I remember charging like seven dollars to get in. My friends are too cheap. <laughs> like, no, no, we had some good times playing at trips. Though. When you're like when you're like that was the first time where it really felt like you know instead of like playing in somebody's basement or yeah or moving a pool table or exactly or like, like somewhere in VFW or something. That's like you're on a stage and they got lights and you're like real yeah. sound checking yeah. and there's sound text. You're like, oh man, look at us. We're 17 kings of the world yeah. out there. Yeah, and there's a backstage area in the yeah. room, the green room. And, <laughs> sure. That's uh, what my that's what my parents realized that I was serious about being in a band when they came to trips to see me play. I, I remember trying to tell, being like 16, 15 or 16, and trying to go see like Goldfinger or somebody there, telling my dad, yeah, I need to go out to Captain Trips. Like, where? <laughs> no, what are you doing? I'm like, no, it's totally, it's harmless. <laughs> Crazy. If the walls uh, could talk. Well, now they're all knocked down, so they yeah, can't they put see them in the ground. Anymore. Thank God, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that place, uh, one of the things I remember about this, this is really fringe. They had all the band logos painted on the wall. They the did. I remember that I was on the side like, of the wall. They had the mural of all the faces. That was Jimmy cool Hendrix touch. and Jerry Garcia and Bob Dylan. And, yeah. Uh-huh. And Kevin, uh, his name's Kevin, used to do all the art down there. And they would actually go in like on a Monday at trips and just like redesign the place again. You know, they would just get it. They, all right, let's paint that wall and let's move that. And then uh, they, had a, they had a great team that worked there, man. It was a fun crew to be around for sure. As we're sitting here talking about it, it just makes me, I'm kind of, now I want to start, like, a rivalry-type band. It just I want to start, like, a Ric Flair heel-turn band. I don't ah. like, like, you're saying, like, there's mad community now, but I want to bring it back. I want you to want to start a band just to be, like, the just old wrestling Just piss everybody band. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys should be the heels, man. Yeah, right? That would be great. Get on to the heel turns. Yeah, Come out, like, wild. Demolition. <laughs> demolition and the Road Warriors uh, team up. Get the Road Warriors spikes. Just come out. Uh, man. I, I've already had one band with the Luchador mask. I don't know if I can push another one. It's hot under there, bro. I did it for years, man. <laughs> That's right. you, were in, you were in Chokeslam, right? Yes, uh, I did it for oh, years. Oh, I remember the first time I saw Chokeslam. People told me, like, yeah, you got to check out Chokeslam. You had Z's band, this and that. When I first started, like, coming out and coming down to Electric Company and stuff. And I guess I didn't realize, like, the wrestling theme. I didn't then look at Chokeslam. Cool word. And it was a wrestling term. But I remember walking in and being like, oh, 
<laughs> oh, okay. Everybody's okay. I see what's going on. Yeah, Paulie is <laughs> naked on stage, and uh, <laughs> this is a whole different kind the of thing. The Ultimate Warriors here. singing. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's playing guitar. <laughs> oh man! All right, so we always play uh, overrated, underrated on on the show. So. Ooh, I like this. All right, so cool. Here's a little overrated. Since we've been talking about it, overrated or underrated being in a cover band. Okay. There you go. There's your. Is it overrated or underrated to I, be in a cover band? I will say that it's underrated, and I only feel that way as I get older because I feel like for a lot of dudes, if you just want to go out there on the weekend, plug in your instrument, play music in front of people, make some money for doing it, and maybe get a bar tab out of it, that's not a bad way to go if you're still going to, you know, for people having like a regular job who still want to get out and play, it's probably a good time. Yeah. As much as I like playing originals, I'd rather do it. It's an underrated thing. It's not a bad gig, probably. I like... I, I go back and forth, and here's my problem. That's like, where I'm at too, bro. <laughs> like I would love, I would love to have a cover band because I sometimes I'll hear a song uh, on the radio or on like a iTunes mix or whatever that I made, and uh, I'm like, yeah, man, this would be a good. I would love to cover this song. This would be a great song. But I feel like if I had total, you know, creative control to pick all the cover songs, not everyone's gonna want to hear that. I feel like it's <laughs> overrated because you always in your head. You, as a generality, think that you have, like, the key to make the best cover band. I'm like, no, this, if only we played these specific songs, people would think we're the That's band. all I'd like to see. Just let me see somebody play some different covers. Some different Instead covers. Instead of the same, like, 30, 35 that everybody picks from. Well, that's because those 30, 35 are really easy to play, and you need to fill True. up time. What about <laughs> Lucy? Overrated or underrated? Cover band. I see both sides, man. Underrated if they're great musicians, man. And, yeah. and I respect anybody who gets up there and does their thing. Overrated if you think you're fucking good and and you're really not and you're just fucking <laughs> just doing it to go through the motions and stuff like that because you think yeah. it's a paycheck and shit. But, well, that's the thing. Like I've gone. I mean, like you know, I anybody who does their thing up there, God bless them, man. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're doing their thing, and you got to give them a lot of respect yeah. for doing their thing. You know. Well, and that's the thing, and you said, you know, they've got to be great But musicians. when their egos get big and stuff well, like that, thing, I mean, it's you're in Utica, New York. Yeah, when you go out there and you walk <laughs> you know out I mean? and you've got this huge ego, it's one thing. But like you said about good musicians, like I've gone and I've seen the band Showtime play. They're great. And great. even what they play might not be my cup of tea, but they're all so talented. I love those guys. Man. It's I think they're the best cover band in the area. Yeah, and, they really and, are. They're so and to tight. me, they've made it because they're doing their thing and making a living off of it. That's you know? exactly it. And they're doing it week in and week out, and they pack houses, yeah. and they're doing, you know... God bless them for doing it, man. I love those guys, man. Justin and and, uh, and Jose, they're great people. Joe, they're great people. As and much as we'd all like, like to I be said, rock stars, they're... if you can pay your bills by playing your instrument, right. you right. won the game. Yeah. Like, right. Uh, well, we always said the, the answer would be you want to be a professional like background musician for like other people. Right? Like, that's game. when you know you've done real good work. Right. right. Like, There's um, guys out there that, you know, if you... If it's your weekend gig and you're having a great time doing it, yeah. hell yeah, man, do it. Do it up. Because it's fun. It is. Up, There's no better feeling than, it's better than sex when you're rocking a crowd and the <laughs> vibe is there. It could be 20 people in the crowd or it could be 5,000 people in the crowd. And if everybody's there in tune on the thing, there's no better feeling. Yeah, he's not wrong. I agree. Uh, Z, uh, where, can, uh, where can people get at you on Twitter for Street Rock? Uh, street, at Street Rock Mafia. And oh, nice. then, Easy. And you can find me on Twitter at XYTODA. And uh, we're on all this social media crack, reverb nation. Uh, you know, it seems like the whole world is being run by social media now. It's tough, isn't it? It's a little weird. And I find myself waking up in the morning, oh, I gotta check my Facebook, you know? <laughs> oh, man, look, fucking 
this girl in high school that I barely even talked to back then, she's taking a selfie of herself just on her way to work. It's like, work selfie. Yeah. You it's know, and I find myself intrigued by it. Like, yeah. oh yeah, cool. <laughs> do your thing, girl. Boom, you know. It's the curse of it's the curse of like social media, man. Like, uh, if I stay off social media for a day, I'm like, yeah, I didn't go on Twitter all day, but then I realize I missed like a bunch of contacts of people that probably would have been beneficial. I'm like, ah. Yeah, right. Then, but that's the other yeah. thing about social media. I mean, I've been in contact with people I haven't talked to in 30 years. And Definitely helped from a band and, standpoint. And, and from a band standpoint, it's huge. And, you know, you can't beat it. I mean, Facebook is huge. you got to use it. It's a great tool if you want to get yourself out there. Well, uh, guys, you can follow uh, the Uticast on Twitter at U-T-I-C-A-S-T. It looks like Utica Street, but it's just <laughs> Uticast. Uh, Z, thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate hey, you coming this in. This is brother. a lot of fun, thanks for coming uh, Yeah, man. Folks, we'll see you next week for Kev Sullivan, Aaron Higgins. Adios.